Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And Valerie Comer. So today we are talking about books set in South Carolina. Um, we have split up the South of the United States into a state-by-state -state retelling because it's a popular place to set your books um, when you're writing CCR, apparently. So um, we're at South Carolina today, um, which if you're following, it's just down down the East Coast. <laughs> the of North Carolina, I hear. Right, yes, just underneath North Carolina, shockingly enough. So um, did you struggle, anyone, to figure out South Carolina versus North Carolina? Did Was that tricky? I had a hard time yeah. with it. Yeah. And I got so frustrated because we've, we've done, obviously we did North Carolina first and I kept coming across North Carolina books when I didn't find them for when we were doing North Carolina. Sure. So, drats. That would have been perfect <laughs> for North Carolina, but I'm looking for South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. So. That happened to me with one book as well, because I didn't realize there was a Beaufort or Beaufort or whatever in both North Carolina and South Carolina. I'm like, oh, Beaufort, that'll be... South Carolina, and then it wasn't. No. Anyway, and they're they're pronounced differently. Uh, yeah, one is probably Beaufort. pronounced them both wrong. One is Beaufort and one is Beaufort, but I don't remember which is which. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're not. Also, um, I I I'm not really that familiar with that part of the U.S. I have visited quite a few states, um, but not in that area. So they kind of all just run together um, to me there. Sorry, people who live there. Um, but maybe someday. I did learn something, though. I learned that the word low country is South <laughs> Carolina and possibly northern Georgia. So when I started looking for low country, then I started scoring a little better. <laughs> so is low country on the eastern side of the mountains? Is that what that is? I guess. Uh, it's. It's more coastal swampy, coastal okay. swampy areas. Um, they don't delightful. call them swamps. They call them low country. <laughs> yeah, they call it the low country. In my mind, it's the swampy coastal areas. It's uh, the mountains are in South Carolina, really on the western side of the state. Yeah, almost non-existent. So, um, <laughs> I mean, they're there, but they're they're way far west. Most of the state is not mountain in South Carolina. So the mountain range, if you start in North Carolina and go south, the mountain range is actually heading west away from the coast. Is it? Well, it, it goes mostly up and down, but the bulk of the state just happens to be on the other side of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll just get our geography they, Where right they do their lines. <laughs> the continent yeah. also does a slope there. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. Low country, I feel like can also sometimes be because Lee Tobin McLean has a low country series and it's in the Chesapeake Bay, not South Carolina. Well, she and Wikipedia yeah. should have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's that it's that bay sort of feeling, though. So, yeah. Mm. But a low country boil is a um, it's a seafood dish. They put all the crawfish and shrimp and potatoes and- Corn and, and sausage. And sausage, yep. And they boil it all up together with Old Bay seasoning. 
and mm-hmm. you eat it. And then if you're me, you die of anaphylactic shock. So it's good to know. It's really too bad because it's so good. <laughs> we just like we call it a that shrimp boil yeah. or a yeah. seafood boil in the yeah. Northwest. But yeah. Mm. I'm sure there is some specific something that makes it a, a low country boil in South Carolina. Um, I lived there for four years, but I'm allergic to shrimp. So I was never tempted to try it because oh, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. don't like dying. So yeah dying not recommended right yeah no, I, i'll pass yeah. thanks though yeah um yeah but you they can only have, do that once and let's wait okay yeah yeah yes i think uh regionally they probably all have different like that you can do a low country boil they have something similar i don't think they call it that though in georgia they have one in north you know everybody has their boils that they yeah. do louisiana does them yeah, we had it at a, a waterfront restaurant in Seattle. Okay. They just rolled out the brown paper down the middle of the table yes. and dumped the food for yep. right on the paper, gave yep. everybody a big bib, and we dug in. Have fun. Oh, yeah. So good. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty hard to skunk me with seafood, but we could not eat it all. Yeah. I was just. Wow. Yeah. And then and also, in, trust me, I tried <laughs> in South Carolina and in Georgia, they'll do pig pickings where they uh, cook a whole pig um, barbecue, it, like in the earth, sort of almost nods to sort of the way you see them done for like luau's in Hawaii, but not yeah, with, I've not with one luau seasonings, but then like pig picking, you, they just have this pig carcass and you go pick your pig. I'll eat those though, because pig is delicious. So. Yes, it is. Not yeah, anyways, I wonder if there's any pig pickings in any of our books, huh? Not, huh? not mine, annoying. sadly. No, that no. would have been really nice. <laughs> if anyone been... knows a pig picking book that um, yeah. has a delicious thing that will make us drool, then add it to the comments in YouTube. Absolutely. <laughs> or a low you, country boil. Yeah, either one. Yeah. But you have to say pig picking, Norelle. You can't put the G on it because it's what? southern. You can't oh, call pig. it a picking. Yeah, that's entirely pickin. too you picking. There's an apostrophe at the end. Picking. Pig picking. Picking. There right? you go. Yes. <laughs> I can talk southern for like two. You can speak two southern words. now. <laughs> you're perfect. Excellent. No one would ever know that you're not from around there. <laughs> no, the I'm portions- certain I would stand out. All I'd have to do is open my mouth and be like, oh, who's that? That's not someone that the four years I lived in South Carolina, the most common thing people asked me was, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. So, but it was fun. So anyway, that's probably way too much information. We should just talk about books. We so, should. <laughs> Narelle, you want to go first? I will. So I'm going to talk about a book that I spoke about in previous episodes. So I'm not going to go too much into the story. And that is Road Trip to Redemption by Laurie Larson. So this is book one in her Pauly's Island series. And I was very happy to know that Pauly's Island is actually a real place you can look up on the map. And is in South Carolina. Yes, South Carolina. So it ticked all these boxes. So it's a beach romance. It's also a mature characters romance. Mm-hmm. So if you go to our episode 30 on beach romances, I talked about it there. I also talked about it in episode 29 on mature character romances. So to go <laughs> find go, more about the story. Look at you all organized. Right? <laughs> yes. So Leslie does a, a wrote, she's a teacher. Her marriage is just um, split up. 
and they're basically packing up the house and she's a t- her daughter's overseas in France for the summer and she's at a loose end so she decides to go on a road trip to Paulie's Island to see this um, I think it's, I'm thinking it's Old Grey Barn, but I didn't write it down. It's this house she used to stay at when she was a child, has really good childhood memories of um, beach vacations there. So she wants to see if it still exists, if it survived the hurricanes, et cetera, et cetera. And she lands at an inn in Polly's Island and the father of the owner of the inn is Hank and he's a hero in the book. So it is such a lovely, fun romance and it really is very beachy, very South Carolina. You travel through through a number of states and get quite a good feel for the setting as well. So you'll probably get a bit of inland, potentially South Carolina or maybe North Carolina. I I can't remember exactly, but I really enjoyed this one and it's a fun series if you're looking for South Carolina. Excellent. I enjoyed that one as well. I, I enjoyed the older characters and um, and yeah, the the it's been a while since I read it because I remember reading, enjoying the road trip part. But now, like you, I couldn't tell you where the road trip actually took her. I think it was from Pennsylvania south, but I could be wrong on that. But it was yeah. well done. Sometimes a road trip story kind of reads like a tourist brochure. And that one didn't. Yeah. Good. that's what I remember yeah this I, one yeah. this one is on my list I have it it's on my kindle I just seem to never get to it so I need to bump it up and actually get to it I like Lori's books so yeah. there's no these reason. things happen yeah they do get overflowing and beach reads as well like beach reads are typically light fun escapist summer sort of that whole sort of vibe of relaxing yeah. so if you're looking for something that you just want to chill and not have to think too much then these romances are fun perfect valerie what you got my first south carolina book is beach haven by t.i low so this is your classic opposites attract story mm-hmm. you have a free-spirited woman who's the owner of a store that refurbishes and resells vintage furniture. Like she hangs chairs from the ceiling at random angles that people have to duck under them, you know, like. Um, And the uh, hero is an injured, sullen ex-Marine. So she, uh, she believes that she's received a sign to hire him. And he's like, not on your life, you're too weird. Um, I'm not working for you. So she's, she's kind of over the top weird and pushy, like obnoxiously pushy in some ways. Honestly, I struggled to empathize with her at first because I can do free spirited, but she was just like, her feet were nowhere near the ground, you know? But um, there is all kinds of restoration that that takes place in that book, um, starting with the fact that a hurricane comes through. So hello, there's your your beach setting, your South Carolina setting. Uh, It damages her shop and Lincoln feels guilty for how he brushed her off. And so he goes, he doesn't have anything better to do because he's unemployed. Mm -hmm. Um, So he feels guilty for how he pushed aside her job offer and he goes in and and helps her restore her building. So um, the progression from opposites attract and enemies to more 
is done pretty well. It's, I mean, they have a long way to go. So there's lots of increments that have to happen and they do happen appropriately. One of the sweet motifs that I found in the story was that whenever she says she'll pray for him, she gives him a seashell. And so he has this whole basket of seashells by his door um, that remind him that someone's praying for him, that he's not forgotten, that he's not over just because he's been injured and stuff like that. So, uh, and of course that plays into the closing, which I won't go into how that works out, but it was, it was kind of fun because at the beginning, you're just like, she gives like everybody a seashell, like just kind of at random, but I mean, Hey, there's seashells, you're on the beach. Right. And so, uh, so that was kind of fun to see that develop from something that was just like a a giveaway uh, at the beginning to actually really meaning something uh, later on in the book. So is it also grumpy sunshine? Oh my goodness. Yeah. What what is more than grumpy and what is more than sunshine? <laughs> okay. Like solar flare versus yeah, yeah. Okay. You would go definitely go that one as well. Okay, cool. It's a new to me trope. So now I'm I'm trying to look for it when I yeah, see it. it's new yeah. to me as well. And yeah. I didn't even think of it when I was listing those. But I mean opposites attract, that's probably often, often gonna be a grumpy sunshine, right? Because that's one yeah. of the ways that we can be opposites from each other. Not, not every opposites would be that. No. But it's an easy one to write into a book. Yeah. 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 And make it cool. very visible. That's fun. That sounds really cool. I'm going to have to read that one. Um, that sounds really fun. It was interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I will say, does she call him an ex-Marine? All the Marines I've known would, would have a really hard time with that. because I don't look- remember whether it's my interpretation or said. not. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't uh, confirm or confirm or deny that <laughs> one. Sorry. This Canadian doesn't um, think okay. that way. So <laughs> good. So good. I live near a Marine Corps base, so they would all say you, you're a former Marine, but there's no such thing as an ex-Marine because you're all. I, w- I may have been shorthanding. <laughs> That's okay. in my notes. It's allowed. I'm sorry, allowed. Marines everywhere <laughs> and former Marines everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And some of them don't care. They're like, whatever. So. My first book is Meet Me in Myrtle Beach by Brooke St. James. Um, oh, I haven't read and, that. Um, I had never read Brooke St. James, so I was excited when I saw Myrtle Beach because I know that that's in South Carolina. So I was like, well done, check. Um, it was <laughs> funny because it starts out in North Carolina. But and then were like, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was little, I'm like, wait a minute, it says Myrtle Beach. They're in, they're in Charlotte. That's in North Carolina. <laughs> But, um, so she is, um, just finished school and college and is supposed to be applying for like a real job, um, has this big interview. She's in a coffee shop killing time till this interview woman walks in and is surprised that she's like the only girl in the coffee shop. Who's not like glued to her phone. So the woman sits down talking to her and says, you know what, why don't you put it off for a little bit and come be like, I'll hire you to be sort of my aid for a couple, you know, for the summer so that you can still have one last good summer and then you can go get a real job. Um, And since she was not excited about this career path that she did to sort of appease her dad, um, she goes, she goes with it. (laughs) 
Um, and so stop one is this family uh, beach house in Myrtle Beach that she accompanies this older woman to. And all of her kids and their kids um, and their kids' kids are coming. So she's the woman that that hires the heroine whose name I never wrote down. So um, me either. Probably in her 70s, I would guess, because she has adult children who have grandchildren the age of this young woman so they have she has grandchildren probably in her, 80 something then yeah she has grandchildren in her early 20s she's spry if she's in her 80s like she's a spry older lady um anyway so it's this big massive beach house that the family owns and this is the first indication that the girl gets that wow they're from a lot of money um but it's it's fun. I'm trying to decide if if I'm giving too much away for some of the ulterior motives for why uh, why it turned out she got invited along. I won't say, but there are ulterior motives. <laughs> um, Probably there's a grandson who needs a wife. There is there is a grandson who needs a wife. Um, it's hello, it's a romance, so of right. course there would be. <laughs> but it's not the grandson that the girl falls for. So. Um, the mystery yeah. deepens. Mystery deepens. So it's really cute. It's um, if I were to pick tropes, I'm trying to think. It's almost love at first sight. It's it's definitely got an insta love vibe. Um, that he's a single dad, the the guy that she falls for. Um, so it's got single dad with it. Um, but it's just it's really cute. Um, very beachy. And a fun family, it kicks off a whole series for this family. So I'm definitely going to read the rest because I, I really enjoyed meeting the other people in the family and would enjoy seeing them get, get their happy endings. So I'm dying to know. She's sitting in the coffee shop. She's not on her phone. What is she doing? Just eating breakfast. Looking that around. like that's a thing? Yeah, apparently. People watching. Huh. Yeah, who knew? You can have an interesting morning without being on your phone. You heard it here first. <laughs> crazy talk. I know. It's crazy. All right, Narelle, what's your next one? Oh, I'm really happy that Valerie spoke about the first book in T.I. Lowe's series because I'm going to talk about the third one, which <laughs> is Sea Glass Castle by um, T.I. Lowe. And, of course, I haven't read the first or the second book because why would I? <laughs> Why would I you? Jumped in Indeed. With, Why would you? Yes, I jumped in with book three. So, as I said, we're we're pretty much in the same we're in the same beach town, and we do meet Opal and Link again, and they are absolutely adorable and cute in this book. Oh, so, I'm so glad to hear that. Yes, they are. Oh, yes. I mean, I really liked Opal and um, Link, and also Josie was, is in this book as well. She's from book two, and so we have um, Sophia. Did you see much of Sophia in book one? I read this a few weeks ago and I've read like probably 18 books since then. Maybe not yeah. quite but more than 10. Seriously, more than 10. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm not quite sure whether she's, how she's in the earlier books. But anyway, so Sophia's a single mom. She's got three-year-old Colin who she's very protective of. And Colin is an absolutely adorable three-year-old. A lot of the humour in the story comes from this adorable three-year-old. And um, her ex-husband is an, M an NFL, I've got this right, football star. Oh, yeah, she was in the story. I remember her. Story. 
Yes. Okay. And um, so it's probably not spoilers to talk about the fact that um, their marriage broke up. They weren't married for that long, maybe only four years. It could even be less. And he cheated on her and she was also a victim of domestic violence. He was physically abusive as well. None of this is actually happens in the story. So if that's a trigger for you, it shouldn't be an issue. But that is in her backstory if that's a sensitive issue. And so she's moved back to her hometown because that's where her um, best friends are. It's also where her parents are. And she's just really struggling with the fact that her marriage has fallen apart so publicly. So she walks around wearing dark glasses, hides under a hat. She's really just trying to be invisible and she's holding on to this baby who um, the father is just not involved in his life particularly much at all. And it's just, it's, it's really quite sad. So she starts off from that sort of place. Um, then we have Wes and he's new to town. He's from Alabama and he also has a very tragic backstory. His wife was pregnant, eight, eight months pregnant with their first child and um, tragically passed away in an accident. It was awful. So he's just grief stricken and just really broken. And the pediatrician in town is someone he has known professionally and he's retiring and says, Wes, you know what? You're gonna come up here to South Carolina and have a fresh start and take over my pediatrician. Um, business as well and become the new doctor so um, the meat cute in this is oh the, the, they just hate each other it's awful and it, it's really Sophia's fault she, and it's all her neuroses and her neurotic issues are just front and center and you sort of can understand why Wes is like oh my goodness this woman is just too much um, yes but there's still the sparks and the attraction are there and um, he lives next door to Opal so the beach house you see in the book Valerie talked about um, we visit in this book and as I said he's the next door neighbor and of course Opal has matchmaking ideas as you could imagine as well of course she so, does um, <laughs> Yeah, Go so they over. end up getting they end up getting thrown together, and um, the little boy Colin, who's just looking for daddy, just absolutely adores Wes. But they have a whole lot of baggage that then has to get unpacked for them to actually get to a place where a relationship's even on the radar as being possible. And it's it's one of those stories about people letting in somebody else, if that makes sense. They've been very mm -hmm. closed off because right. of the hurt and pain and whatever. So it's that type of story. Um, because Sophia does something silly, she ends up... Um, creating a problem for Wes with all these single women chasing after him. So they end up kind end up fake dating to try and um, to stop all these women from being ridiculously aggressive in the way they're pursuing him. So that was a really fun element in the story. Um, but I think one of the most hilarious things was potty training. I don't think I have laughed so much in a book, in a CCR with potty training um, happening as well. So if you find that type of stuff cute, then you'll also laugh along. Yeah. So it was a, it was, it had a lot of depth, but I did really enjoy it. And I would go back and read the earlier books. And I don't think, I mean, being a romance, I mean, you know that they get together. So I don't think that I would be missing too much by reading out of order, if that makes sense. As you say. As you, yeah, right. Of course you say that. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it was just the premise of this one. I think I was just interested in seeing how um, Sophia, yeah, how Sophia's character was handled because domestic violence is something that doesn't often get brought up in CCR as well in terms of backstory. So that was probably a bit of a, a trigger for me. Plus, I think it might have been on sale as well when I was looking for stuff. So that also helped. <laughs> These things, awesome. but I enjoyed it. Sale is good. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I enjoyed that one. I think it's a fun series. And I think the other element I liked, and Valerie alluded to it, is that it had a faith element. A lot of it had a a relevant faith element. So it wasn't a heavy faith element, but it was there and it made sense and it worked. And I I appreciated that because not all the books that you pick up that are labelled CCR have um, much of a faith element in it. So this one's not a Christian light. It actually has a a solid faith element. Excellent. with it yep cool all right valerie what you got next i have dining with joy by rachel hoke norelle plug your ears Kay. this is the third book in rachel's <laughs> low country series and i have not read books one and two yay you come to the oh norelle dark side of reading oh out of order congratulations valerie coma top of the class gold star i'm firing both of you the premise just sounded the most interesting of the three to me um just at a glance i was like me 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 music star no don't feel like a music you know whatever so this um this book does have a problematic angle though that not everybody might appreciate the heroine whose name is joy is living a lie her father had um, a tv show and it was gaining in popularity. And just before he died of a heart attack, he asked her and the producer, who was his personal friend, who was in the room, if, um, if Joy could take over his show. And so um, the producer agreed. Now, the, the catch is that Joy cannot cook. Like, she would burn water. Okay. okay? Like, she really can't cook. Ramen is possibly too much work. so um you know i mean her cupboards are full of chef boyardee right so um so the the producer knows she can't cook so that's fine she's got this bigger than life personality she can pull it off and nobody has noticed that while she's fumbling around in the kitchen and not actually doing the things and then after commercial break the the meal the food just shows up because her staff person in the back doesn't know how to cook in actual fact, okay? So they bluffed through a couple of seasons this way and, um, and, and it's grown in popularity. People love her and her wacky sense of humor. And I mean, she can do anything for a laugh kind of thing, which to me is like, there's people like that, you know, cause I'm so not that way. Um, so now at the beginning of the book, her producer meets up with her and he has sold the show to a bigger company, to a new producer who's going to take it to, she's going to be the face of Thursday night television. No. And she is freaking out. Did you tell the new person that I can't cook? And he said, no, just you know, your whole crew goes with you. Everybody there knows it's fine. She'll never need to find out, you know, do a season or two. And then if you think, you you know, and the money was so good and her family was so poor and blah, blah, blah. And all these people are depending on her for a job. She has all these reasons for keeping the secret, but I'm kind of like, I can see where this is going, Joy. And it's not joyful. It's not going to go well. Yeah. It's not going <laughs> yeah. well. So, um, it's funny because we've talked a bit about uh, Sarah Monson's book, Molly, where the main character is like 
so devoted to telling the truth every second that even when the truth might not even be truly asked for. And the scowl is kind of like the opposite of that. <laughs> Anyways, you might wonder, where's the romance? So there's a, a local chef who had a big restaurant in New York City, but it went bankrupt. And now he's working for his uncle in this little coffee shop in South Carolina. And um, he kind of inadvertently comes to her rescue once and there's chemistry on the set and the producers are like sign him on he's the co-host now because that'll that'll kick it all up a notch the, re the viewers love him and he doesn't know she can't cook either but he starts to suspect because as he as their personal life becomes entwined with the show and he winds up in their home where her niece is eating pasta out of a can um, and he looks for something in the cupboard and it's like, this is not a chef's cupboard, like mm -hmm. at all, right? We're so talking ramen and the canned pasta and stuff. And he's like, can I ask a question? What sure. is canned pasta? Are we talking like soup with pasta in it? Oh no. No, no we're, we're talking like, like spaghetti and meatballs in a can. Ravioli cool. in a can. Yeah. It's like chef As Boyardee, in the brand. It's, it's, it's a thing. It's a it's thing. Long it's long life. Is it oh, long yeah. life or refrigerated? No, it's, long, it's, it's a, in a tin can. Yeah, it'll last really. forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I have never ever noticed that in Australia in a supermarket, and I don't think I'd look for it either. But it's funny, you haven't food. missed anything. No, the kids <laughs> like my teenager loves it because he'll eat a whole can as a snack. It's like eight hundred calories as a snack, but you have to be able to have a teenager's palate institution just, and yeah, metabolism you're, yeah you're just looking for cheap fast calories basically okay all right let's <laughs> continue though sorry <laughs> no that's fine so uh and luke begins to suspect the truth which we all would if we looked in her cupboards yeah and so there's a whole thing of where she's denying to him or deflecting mostly deflecting she's trying really hard not to lie out loud but she's lying like through her teeth by her actions, right? Um, so that might be a problem for some readers. It was borderline problem for me, honestly. And I can I can kind of go with just about anything as a premise, but this one was a little tough for that. The writing is good. Um, the story is good. The um, chemistry between the characters is good. The resolution is good. Books one and two are probably also good. <laughs> but I didn't read them um so um yeah cool. dining with joy dining with joy so just this mm -hmm. probably isn't a spoiler question so in terms of the lying i'm assuming there were negative consequences that happened when the truth came out you would probably be assuming correctly because <laughs> that that's where i would get stuck and i have actually read books that i don't think it's ccr where there has been a dishonest premise but the characters got away with it and there hasn't been negative consequences. So no. I can run with pretty much anything as long as the consequences make sense for this, like, and you think, well, right. that's logical, yeah. that works. As long as there's something at the end that, there, that sort of it does. together. It does. Yeah. And again, without getting spoilery, she has, um, she has an arch enemy in the TV um, cooking yep. world who is suspects all along and keeps trying to trap her. And she's been evading because of her larger than life personality. And nobody's just gonna believe that a TV chef can't cook. 
right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but um, there is somebody, there is somebody in the story who is not her and not this other person who gets a negative consequence that they probably did not deserve. Okay. Oh, that's not. But, um, but I'll just say it, the, the new producer. Sure. Who had banked everything on this. Oh, and no. she then was offered kind of a carrot, but the carrot wasn't very tasty. Mm. So we'll just leave it there. Okay. Um, but I mean, yes, for um, Joy and for Luke, the consequences of hiding this, because he, he does come to figure it out later in the yeah. story. But uh, yeah, there are consequences, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Carry on, Beth. So I looked it up and I was wrong originally. Uh, Lee's, Lee's Low, Lee Tobin McLean's Low Country series is South Carolina. Uh, Low Country Hero, so is the first book. It's not Christian, but it's sweet. And those are fun. Um, they were not the books that I had intended to talk about, but I wanted to correct myself, number one, and I'm always happy to plug these books because I always enjoy them. And um, her sweet books, we've talked about how she gets faith in there. Even if they're not faith books, there's faith in there. So uh, my next one was actually going to be um, a series. <laughs> uh, Lori Larson's Matchmaking Moms of Ocean View. And I've talked about them before. I am not as prepared as Narelle. I did not look up which episodes I talked about them uh, in. Uh, nobody's so, as prepared as Narelle. Well, yeah, you well, don't have my true. notes file. All I have to do is put the author's last name and just look for the highlight as I scan down my notes. So I, I have the, the cheat system. Or I could go into um, my social, the social media program I use and search where we we send yeah we'll see these are designs. areas where some yeah. of us might not be as organized yeah I don't <laughs> keep my notes so <laughs> but um I love this whole series it starts off with um the meet the moms book which which is not probably not a romance because it's sort of like an intro it's almost a like prologue. a long a long prequel or a long prologue yeah but it's still it's a fun setup and you meet these moms who are at a women's function at church. They're all kind of new and floundering and they all have adult children who they want to um, set up with someone. And uh, they're encouraged as part of the women's function to you know, find a project that they can all work together on. And they decide that this is what they're going to do is they're going to all find spouses for their adult children. Um, and so then each book in the series is a different uh, child. And what I liked especially is that they didn't, try to match them up with each other you necessarily yeah. you know um they found other people <laughs> and that the mom wasn't responsible for her own kid yes and yeah, yeah mom mom didn't have to go find for her own kids she told the other is it two the other two moms yeah um yeah you know here here are the key points kind of thing and then they would coordinate and find a victim uh, together. Victim, victim. Did <laughs> I hear you say victim? Victim, sorry. Um, but it, they're all cute little stories um, and just just cute. Um, cute little matchmaking moms. So, and I, not huge. And in South Carolina. Yeah, in South Carolina. Not huge faith elements, but, but there, but, there. but not, not massively huge. Not what I'd call light either. It's more than like they pray for their food kind of, you know, it's, um, 
and and probably it could have been in any kind of coastal area. It doesn't have to be South Carolina, but it is, so it counts. <laughs> All right, we um we probably could squeeze in your last your third ones if you wanted if you talk fast. No, I'll yes, talk fast. I can do that. Okay. Oh, it's me. Okay. My <laughs> third one is um, Under the Magnolias by T.I. Lowe. Now, this is not strictly CCR. It's 1980s to present day. And there's romantic elements, but the romance probably isn't front and centre because it's more coming of age. Um, but it is very South Carolina and very Southern in terms of the setting. And I did talk about it in the mental illness episode, which is probably less than 20 in number. It's in the teens, I think. One of our first You episodes. didn't look it up? Did... Well, no, because I didn't have anything under 20 in my file. <laughs> and he started keeping it from episode 20. Um, yeah, so I couldn't find it. But I think it's in the teens. If you go right back to the beginning, which would probably be um, early 2021. I want to say well, it was March, February or March of that first year. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a low number. Yep. So check out the mental illness episode if you'd like more information on this book, but it's very Southern and very South Carolina. Excellent. Valerie, you had a fast third too, didn't you? My fast third is a Lori Larson. <laughs> Sanctuary. Lori's books are all in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. And we've all read them and we all love them. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's uh, Murals Inlet Miracles mm -hmm. book one. Nora is an attorney, a partner in a, in a law firm in Philly. Um, she has just come off of a horrendous time at work when she finds out she's inherited her aunt's 10-acre seaside haven, I guess, in <laughs> South Carolina. And she's not, she just plans to just like go for a quick break, clean things up a bit and sell it. But of course she can't do that because where would the story be then? Because lawyers who are partners don't have time for romance. Just want you to know. Um, there's a black stallion that keeps appearing on the estate, which leads her to meet her neighbor, the veterinarian Shaw. And then maybe returning to Philly isn't in the cards after all. I liked it because it's South Carolina. I liked it because it's beach. Mm -hmm. And I liked it because of the older characters. And Shaw was just a really cool hero. Yeah. And there was yeah. big, big stuff, as there often is in older characters. It's not just a simple matter of, oh, I love you. You love me too. Oh, good. Let's go get there. There's, yeah. there's yeah. big stuff in their pasts that they need to dig through. So that was it. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we would love to know what you think. Have you read any of these, any South Carolina books that we missed? Um, that just screamed South Carolina and that's why we missed them. Um, leave us a comment <laughs> on the YouTube page or on our Facebook page. Um, it's probably not called the YouTube page, a YouTube channel. And um, we are glad that you were here with us and we will look forward to seeing you again next week. So if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe, notification bell, never miss an episode. And uh, in the meantime, between now and next week, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Good night, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everyone.